Welcome to the Sing Better Fast podcast, the podcast exclusively for serious and passionate vocalists. You are now part of a professional group of smart and motivated singers who want to become masters of the voice and inspire millions with our music. Get all of our podcast episodes, notifications for upcoming events, new podcast releases, and other vocal resources at singbetterfast.com. Now here are your hosts, Jamie Vendera and Ben Valen. Hey everyone, Ben here. Today's topic is, um, it comes from a question that we got. So recently, Jamie and I launched the four-week vocal break eraser program. And for people who got that program, we sent them out an opportunity to send questions to us. And then Jamie and I recorded an audio where we answered all of those questions. So if you are a a singer who got the four-week vocal break eraser program, by the time this podcast episode goes up, you will have received an email to download that audio. If you have not signed up for the four-week vocal break eraser and then you decide to get it later, you will get the audio from that. And in that thing, we went over, I think, eight really solid questions. I just want to talk about one of the questions that we got for this. The question was, sometimes when I'm singing, I have a choking sensation um, in my throat. Whenever I am using the pocket vokes or the straw and water vocal exercise, I don't really get very many bubbles in the water bottle. Uh, What can I do about that? Also, how can I maximize resonance without feeling like I'm gripping or constricting? And so this is a very, very good question. And I'm glad uh, this person sent this in because this is sort of basic technique stuff that isn't really talked about a lot. And a lot of people kind of get it wrong and don't really think it's important. So, um, Jamie, did you want to jump in first with this one? Well, this is, um, as I joked, uh, I forget how I worded it. I said, I've been teaching for 22 years. So this is my 22th year teaching. <laughs> um, and I get that a lot. I, I get, and you, you can literally, you could talk to a singer, a student, and just by listening to them, you can learn so much about them even before they, they sing one note. And what was interesting about some of the questions like with that is like, I'm, I'm choking, I'm using a pocket box or a straw in water and the water's not bubbling. Uh, yeah, other similar questions that are re- related around choking is like, hey, if I, if I got to yell these exercises or shout a siren, those are like key words to me that tell me, okay, their technique is not on points. They're clamping, they're, they're squeezing with their neck muscles, they're compressing in on the pharynx so that the, the cords are kind of inhibited from uh, vibrating properly uh, with the, the, the uh, medial muscles that are surrounding the cords. So uh, choking is a big thing. You know, when we bend over to pick up a box to, to, to balance everything, we do that. We lock our breath. We do that, we bring the cords together so that we can balance out so we have our equilibrio. So when we pick it up, uh, it's not a problem. Uh, singers tend to do that. You know, they, they reach a certain note. And they're like, okay, I, my voice is breaking. I can't go any higher unless I'm barreling out a lot of breath or I am really can see the veins popping in my neck and really clamping down. These are just these are just habits. These are bad habits that you do not need to have. You just develop these habits and you're having trouble breaking them because um, I hate to say it, but sometimes they feel safe. They feel like, all right, um, you know, if I'm if I'm at the gym and I'm curling some uh, weights, uh, my biceps, they're, they're really tight. They're huge. So if that's the case and I can pick up more weight by my biceps getting tighter, surely the same thing happens when I sing. 
if I tighten everything in there, everything's going to come out and everything's going to be hunky-dory. It's not true. It's totally opposite. So how do we change that? I don't know. I guess we'll end this. <laughs> I, I have no clue. Okay, uh, what, so, what do you yeah, I, I have a few thoughts here. To me, that signals uh, unnecessary tension, primarily in the throat, um, but pro- perhaps also in the face and tongue. Not many singers, or not enough singers, pay attention to excess muscle tension. Now, when it comes to singing, there is a degree of muscular involvement. There, you know, you have to coordinate the muscles. Um, you have to, um, there are the, the muscles are surrounding the cords that are engaged in the process. And so the muscles are moving, stuff is happening, but it doesn't require straining and overexertion. That's, that's a big distinction. One of the things I like to do with people is what I call the relaxation sequence. And I've done, we've done this many times with students of ours and uh, in the Vendera Vocal Academy. I just want everyone to kind of do this exercise along with me. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to sit down or lie down comfortably. We can close our eyes. And now what we're going to do is we're just going to breathe in a nice, comfortable, relaxed breath and then exhale it. One more breath, breathe in and exhale. Okay, so you can continue breathing. Now, what I want you to do is notice how relaxed your face is. Notice how unclenched your neck is. Notice how the tongue is just kind of hanging out in the bottom of your mouth and you're not like buckling the tongue up, you're not constricting your neck, you're not involving the external facial or the neck muscles, you're not making weird faces. That state where it's all relaxed, your, your goal is to be able to do that while singing any note in full voice or falsetto or anywhere in between. When it comes to pronouncing words, if you're singing lyrics, if you're jumping around on stage, you know, whatever, that's fine. But ideally, you want to be capable of singing as high or as low in falsetto and full voice as strong as you want without needing extra muscular tension or strain. And so that's my goal. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this relaxation sequence again. I know what I want our listeners to do is put one hand on your neck. Obviously, if you're driving, by the way, don't close your eyes, but you can still do this. And you're just going to put one hand on your neck, sort of the front of your neck. And then all you're going to do is do a nice, gentle, resonant hum. Pick any note. You can slide up. You can slide down. You can hold one note. You can do whatever you want. And just a very resonant And so when you do that, you shouldn't feel like Mm, like you're squeezing, you shouldn't have to constrict or like tighten anything at all. It's a very gentle hum. It doesn't have to be loud. It's just nice and loose and relaxed. Everything. We're not involving any muscles that don't need to be there. So that's what we want to do. And that state of being relaxed and vocalizing in a healthy way, that should apply to everything. Now, sometimes when you're going for higher notes, you might still have a tendency um, as you're learning to start going for those upper notes with uh, extra muscle tension. You, you really shouldn't. This brings up a question. 
that one of our students asked us, and that was, oh, when I'm doing it this way, I don't feel like I can sing with my powerful, full rock voice sound. I'm just used to how I sound, and I'm used to making the sound by squeezing and tightening. And my answer to her was, no, you can have the powerful sound, but you don't need all the extra strain, and you don't need to clamp or tighten or anything like that. Uh, and so that's that's what that's the main point that I wanted to make to this singer and that I wanted to share here today. Now there are a couple other things. One is I call it imaginary exercises. And so um, if you do a vocal exercise and you start feeling yourself straining or pulling or anything like that, you can just do our little relaxation sequence again, and then you're going to do the exercise. And you want to maintain the, the feeling of being relaxed, loose, and open. So I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to do my pocket folks here. Hope you can hear it. Right. So now as I'm sliding up, I'm not squeezing. I'm not tightening. Right. All right. And so the same is for any exercise. If you are doing the uh, any of the exercises in the Vendera Vocal Academy or the four-week vocal break race, if you're doing any of these and you feel like you have to push more air or constrict or squeeze or tighten or anything like that, uh, you don't. And a common thing people will do is they'll try to do the exercise a little bit higher and they'll try to push for another note or two, but then they start slipping in extra air and extra tension. You don't, you shouldn't do that. Um, if you are able to sing an F uh, with good technique and resonance, and then you go for the F sharp, and now you're clamping a little more and pushing a little more air, and then you go for the G and you're tightening more, like that's the wrong thing to do. Um, you should go back to the exercises, and the goal is you want to focus on technique. So breathing, support, placement and keeping as keeping yourself as relaxed and loose as possible um and unfortunately some singers as they're trying to sing higher they start forming a habit where they have bad technique like if i can't sing an f or if i can sing an f but i can't sing a g and i'm able to get the g out by squeezing and pushing air then you might do that and if you do that for years and years that's bad technique and then later on you start trying to go for the a or the b and it just it gets harder. Snowballs. And harder. It snowballs. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, it snowballs. It's going to be bad. so. Uh, so like, the, and I, I have this a lot, and especially metal singers. You know, they want to get up, start getting up like the A or above, and we do like a simple siren, and it'll be like, um, I might as well do it. So they'll they'll have that squeeze as soon as you get through the break area because they're not used to balancing out the, the change in musculature from one set of muscles to the other, and they'll go, uh, yeah. And they'll get really thin or they'll go yeah and they'll break like that instead of just going yeah and letting it float up naturally you know uh sometimes singers get scared and think wow uh, okay jamie but it, it, it feels either too easy or like ben had just said uh i try to do it and i'm used to squeezing and pushing like the second example you gave to get it out and it gives it more of that rocky tone because I get some grit in my voice. Hey, I love grit. There's nothing wrong with grit, but when grit occurs from you using too much breath or too much strain, 
uh, it's wrong. I mean, we're triathletes, man. This is what we do. We're Olympians. So it does take muscular involvements. There is going to be some more pressure, but it's it's a correct pressure. It's just like, you know, doing a push-up. It involves your chest muscles. Uh, you have these muscles inside, like your retinoids, your thyroid that you have to use to make these sounds. But we tend to use the neck muscles or we tend to, uh, to grunts, to slam it together. And that's where you run into issues. I don't necessarily know that this is the case for this specific singer, but one sort of common criticism that I've seen for support as we teach it is some people say, oh, well, if you lock down the stomach, you're going to lock in the neck. And so if you're going to lift a big box off the ground and you bend over and then you go to pick it up and you squeeze and you tighten your stomach and then your, your throat locks up, I mean, yeah, they can lock up together, but they don't have to. Correct. Like you, you can you can support properly without constricting your neck. You can also tighten the neck muscles without doing anything involving your abdominal muscles. So people think they're connected, but they don't have to be. And they aren't necessarily. Like it's it doesn't actually take a lot to tell the difference and then be able to apply support without uh, squeezing the neck. It's actually pretty easy to do it once you understand it. That's, um, that's just something to keep in mind in the, in all the programs that we have, we talk about a support, but never at any point does support require constricting the neck. You don't have to do that. You shouldn't do that. If you're ready to raise your voice, if you're in Bandera Vocal Academy, you know that I talk about like the no movement. I mention this every day, like a broken record, but honestly, uh, I don't even remember how I came across this. I think it was with some, one of my kids' students. And she was she would she would grunt. And then I made her I said, do you like um, and I remember who it is. She's actually one of my book covers. I said, do you like liver when your mom makes liver? And she shook her head. So I was like, no. And I say, let's sing that song with you moving your head side to side. And she did. And with her, it actually freed her up and she was nailing it. And then I started using it with other students. And there were some students, they would just ah, go all over the place as they're turning side to side. Uh, and in time with using this technique, I realized that, hey, when you sound better, it wasn't that much strain. We got rid of it quick. If you sound the same, then there's no strain at all. But if you crack and warble, hey, you got a lot of that grunt going on, a lot of that neck stress going on. But there's a good news. Um, there is a good news. Uh, sound like I'm Italian. Um, turning your head side to side will actually correct that issue. So if to, you get off this podcast, and you're like, I want to try that. I want to do some of Jamie's sirens or I want to do a vocal power scale or I want to sing the song. I want to turn my head side to side. And then you crack and go all over the place. Don't get upset. Don't cry and whine and say, it's over. You threw on my voice. No, this is a good thing because it's told you, hey, I'm grunting. I'm squeezing. I'm gripping. But now I know it. And I'll keep using the side to side movement because the more I use it, the more I disengage the external neck muscles and allow the internal muscles, the medial muscles surrounding the cords to do the proper job. So over the time, it may be a day, maybe a week, maybe a month. We don't know. Everybody's different. You'll correct this. You'll get rid of that bad habit. And then you'll start singing with more freedom and less stress. You know, actually, one of the things that I've noticed is we've been doing a lot of lessons lately is that so much of our voice lessons isn't so much about showing people how to do exercises right it's more about getting them to stop doing all this all the bad stuff mm -hmm. like it's so much about getting them to stop just reaching their neck out or to stop uh breathing too high into their chest or to you know so the goal i mean i don't know think about 
anything, right? If you if you wanted to be um, an Olympic swimmer, or if you wanted to be any type of athlete, and if, if let's just go with swimming, if you wanted to be an Olympic swimmer and you just try to go swim, how many people do you think swim very very quickly, efficiently without ever having taken a lesson on swimming? How many people do you think are just insanely fast, really good swimmers? I mean, there are some people who might have swimming talent, but for most of us, you don't just naturally know how to swim fast. I only know two. Aquaman and, and Prince Namor, the Submariner, but um, <laughs> they're from the comic books. So. <laughs> and, and so the same is true, honestly, with speaking and singing. There are some people who just naturally have sort of a good placement and there are some people who just have a really kind of husky yeah, sound yeah. and they talk kind of down here. And, uh, and and that's not necessarily pitch either. It's, you know, it's for some people, it's easier to pick stuff up. Uh, for some people, they kind of do stuff more correctly by default. But quite almost everyone, I actually, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find a single person who has ever you know been perfect vocalizing without needing any type of guidance at all. Uh, and so if you start out singing without really knowing too much of what you're doing, and then you make it into habit, chances are you have some bad habits. Uh, and so that's why um, we focus so much on this. So you definitely want to, so that's, I guess, my main point for the day is we want to make sure that we're not applying more breath, more air than we need to. We also want to make sure that we are not uh, constricting, squeezing, involving uh, extra muscle strain, um, anything like that. If you have good technique, uh, you should be able to sing for quite a long, I mean, hours and hours and hours um, without really feeling any much of anything uh, negative. I mean, if it's a stamina issue, then, you know, maybe that might come into play, but good technique is good technique. And so um, I call myself a vocal technician because whenever I'm doing lessons, all I'm doing is I'm looking for, you know, the leaky, uh, the, the air leakage or the extra muscle involvement. So I just want to give uh, singers a thing that they can work on. If for you, muscular tension is a thing, what you can do is you can just put your hand on your neck okay. and feel it, right? You can just and you can slide up and down. Yeah, slide up and down. And uh, if you feel any clenching or whatever, uh, any clenching, any tightness, then you want to get rid of that. Now, from the vocal efficiency side, uh, part of the goal is to be able to sing longer without needing more air to do it. So if you have the same amount of air and you can sing extra notes, that's a good thing. So in one of our lessons, uh, one of our students she sang a note, I had her pick a note, sing it, and then she sang it for 22 seconds. And then I had her do it again. We did a little bit of exercises and then she did it again. And then the second time she did it for 27 seconds. She took a big breath for both of them. But the second one, she got five more seconds out of it. Uh, one of our other students, uh, I forget what he said he did. He, um, his, he was, so we had him do a similar exercise where he just held a note out. This was early 20s, uh, 22, 23. Yeah. He went like 13 more seconds or something. Yeah, he went uh, in one week, he, he, the maximum he could hold it, I think he said it was 22 seconds. And then it was 39. And then the following week, he got to 39 seconds. And that, that tells me that's a huge improvement in vocal efficiency. So as you, as you get rid of uh, excess muscle tension and as you become more efficient uh, with your air use, the better you get.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same thing. Not that this is singing. This is my this is my sideshow trick. But um, shattering glass. It, it really. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's barreling out so much here. It, 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 it's about my breath control. If I'm not minimizing my breath uh, to sustain that pharyngeal tone and really streamlining it, uh, I can't I can't hold the note long enough to break it. So I really got to focus. And I do a lot of exercises before I do a show to make sure I can do like an E screen, like, eep! like I can do it for like, you know, 15, 20, 30 seconds long. So that I know when I'm actually doing it, I'm not like out of breath in five seconds. Uh, that, that takes so much stress off of the voice regardless of your whether you're breaking a glass which i hope you're not it's <laughs> dangerous or or singing a song it's that's how you're going to start releasing the grip you know learning to use less breath uh, ben had talked about a couple of exercises and he was saying like uh, do the mm. you, you can also since one of our students said hey when i uh, i i do this i feel the grip and i'm doing the bubbles they're not really bubbling you know, so if you're using a pocket books or a straw, same principle, uh, I, I would just hold a note and I wouldn't even do it really high. I would start low and just. So, you know, third or fifth slides over and over again to just make sure you're bubbling, but see how long time yourself. See how long you can do that. That simple little basic, easy slide where you keep the water bubbling. Uh, and you'll know down the low, you're like, wow, I'm, it's bubbling. I'm not feeling any stress. I'm holding it 10 seconds longer than I did yesterday. Then you can start raising the pitch and getting into those trouble areas, which really happen probably right around the vocal break, you know, around an E for a guy, a, a HR for a girl. More and more as we do more lessons, it's, it's becoming more and more obvious to me that so much of what singers do wrong is they think they need to do it one way, yep. but they don't. So um, an example, um, there was a, a, uh, a singer in the Vendera Vocal Academy uh, who I had a lesson with. He said, help, I'm able to get to the A4, but I feel like I just have to push so much air and it's really, really hard. And I said, okay, so let us so let me hear it. He does it for me and he is using a lot of air. I said, okay, so uh, do it again, but I want you to think same volume and cut the air in half. And he looks at me like I'm crazy, like what? <laughs> and I told him, no, just think, cut the air in half. And I told him, if you break, if it sounds weak or flimsy, if it comes out all cracky and breaky, I don't care. Just try it. And then he's like, and he, he really, he was like, you are, he gave me this look like you're nuts. You, this, this can't work. And so then he does it and he slides up and it sounded so resonant and pure and clean. And he looked at me like, what? Wow. And he was just, he was blown away that he was actually able to do it with so much less air. And he believed so much that it took that much air, but it doesn't. And so that so many singers have a lot of sort of misconceptions or they have trained themselves to do things in inefficient ways. And then they think that they have to do it that way to get the notes out. You don't, you, it, you don't have to do that. Um, and so that's, that's what, um, that's what these are about. The relaxation sequence, imaginary exercise, the humming. I would wager almost everyone listening, unless you're like a vocal coach who's been doing this for a long time, almost everyone listening has at least one or two things that they're doing that isn't great technique, but you think you have to do it. And so maybe you just kind of mentally say, oh, well maybe, oh, that note, I've sound a little raspy. Let me try to dial down the air. 
or, oh man, there's a little bit of tension in my neck. I'm gonna try that note again and maybe I'll turn the volume down and see if I can get rid of that tension. It's, it's worth experimenting with that and you'll surprise yourself uh, how good you can sound and after you get rid of bad habits and you don't need to keep the bad habits to sound that good. Exactly, exactly. So I guess to sum up this podcast, it's less is more. <laughs> you know, really, I guess we could have came and say in this podcast today, less is more. See you next podcast. That's <laughs> what it is. Every every singer thinks they got to push more air. They got to squeeze more in the throat, especially my gritty singers. Ah, man, I, I got to feel it really down in my throat to make it happen. That hurts my voice that, you know, and you can do grit naturally and easily, uh, just like a guitar uh, pedal without hurting your voice. Got to quit thinking this way, singers. So yeah. play play self-detective, pay attention to the stress, uh, listen to what we teach you. If you're in the school, if you read my books, follow those to a T. Uh, there's nothing wrong with going back and starting from week one or starting on page one uh, to just brush up on things and make sure that you are doing everything right. Yep. All right. Well, cool. I guess we're going to wrap this one up. So this, again, this came from a question that was submitted for the uh, four-week vocal break eraser Q&A special training. So if you want that uh, the full training, you can get that uh, with the four-week vocal break eraser. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't signed up for it, you get it immediately after you sign up. And uh, if you already own it, then you should have received an email with the download link already. Uh, and then also we do Q&A stuff like this all the time in the Academy, in the Hangouts. And so if you join the Academy, we have 50 plus of these uh, hour-long uh, discussions where we go over technique, uh, questions about vocal health, you name it. And uh, we probably talked about it at some point. So, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Appreciate the time and attention. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. See ya. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. Be sure to subscribe for new podcast releases, events, and other great vocal resources at singbetterfast.com.